Hey, hiya, howdy, salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast. This is the show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex-positive comic, co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. I'm Emily. And I'm Kara Mia. So go grab your salty snacks and a fizzy drink of your choice. Sit back and be entertained. We fully endorse this show to assist you, listener, as a procrastinator. This show also contains alcohol, some colorful language, and sexual content and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. Well, welcome to Harlots of History, and we just love talking so much that we decided to start bringing you guys mini-sodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and try to cut them down. Right, because sometimes I just realize, I guess I much like really love the sound of my own voice, because I just, <laughs> my episodes have been having such a hard time keeping them within like a reasonable limit. So, as a challenge... Minisodes, and we're doing our first minisode, and we also want to help everyone get through the week without us. <laughs> and you still went over your limit. Still, I still went over the limit I set for myself because my topics that I picked were just so interesting. Yeah, let's just get into it because it's mini, and we want to keep it nice and short. Like how? Who are we? Oh, quick. I forgot. My name's Karamia. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home mom, and now a podcaster. <laughs> I'm Emily, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get into so, it. We're, we're, we're getting into some pretty raunchy territory that's also going to be like a throwback for many millennials. You ready? I would expect nothing less. Okay. Yes. So, to millennial and younger Americans, Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall, formerly Camilla Parker Bowles, is simply a footnote in the Princess Diana story. Do you remember about, do you, okay, because like I, I remember my mom, like many other 90s mom, moms were like, she was obsessed with Princess Diana. My mom was. I remember eating pizza and watching the funeral. Yeah, see, like, I don't know why. Oh, because it was a big moment. It was like, it like broke records for how many people who viewed her funeral. I specifically remember eating stuffed crust pizza. Mm. <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah, but Camilla, she's the one, she's now, that's married to what's-his-face, Charles, right? yeah. So we're, we're going into their love story. So Ooh, okay. one of the few people I can even re- really recall my mom expressing, like, passionate hatred towards was Camilla. She despised her, and I really didn't understand why until I grew older, and I, of course, learned about it. I also realized recently, aka when I started my research, that I really did not know anything about Camilla. And now I think that my mom's hatred was displaced. So let me <laughs> let me tell you why. I know nothing. Okay, so yes, tell me. Camilla was born in 1947, and we actually share the exact same birthday, July 17th. Oh, that's yeah, cool. right. And she lived a super posh and plush life as the daughter of an army major slash wine merchant which I thought was fun. And a mother descended from aristocracy. So she was, you know, grew up, had a really bratty childhood. One thing I found super aristocracy or aristocraties. Aristocracy. (laughs) I was like, how would they know that? It's so far. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. And then ready to have your mind blown. One thing I found super interesting was that her great grandmother, Alice Kleppel or Keppel, Alice Keppel was the longtime mistress to King Edward VII for about a decade at the turn of the 20th century. So you could say that being a mistress was in her genetics. <laughs> yeah. I was really proud of that line. It was in everyone's genetics right. back then. That is very good. I think that was in everyone's right. genetics, though, like in England. So her biographer, cool. um, Giles Brandreth, said about her childhood, the Shans, which was her family name, had position and they had help. Help in the house, help in the garden, help with children. They were gentry. They opened their garden for the local conservative party association, uh, Summer Fete, enough said. So these they, they were they were rich. They were real rich. Uh, sh- <laughs> right? Cool. Yeah. Sounds fun. Wish I was, yeah, right? Me too. So she went to a finishing school in Switzerland. She studied French and French literature at a university in Paris for a little bit. In uh, 1965, she came out as a debutante. She was an avid horse rider. She still is. And she never really had to have a real career because she had an inheritance. I want an inheritance. Right? Right. And, and no real career. Right. One of her friends is quoted as saying that Camilla was very fiery, vivacious, not incredibly beautiful, but humorous and laughing in that infectious way. And throughout her whole life, this idea that you, this, this picture of Camilla, she just seems like a really down to earth, fun person, honestly, which I was surprised to find out about her. In 1973, she got married to Andrew Parker Bowles in the society wedding of the season. She was 25. He was a lieutenant in the Blues and Royals, which is actually the household cavalry of the British Army. Prince William and Prince Harry were actually both a part of the Blues and Royals. So we're used to seeing their uniform. Yeah. And Queen Elizabeth was actually present at her and Andrew Parker Bowles' wedding. They had two children. This is just like a high society guy. Well, because so um, Andrew Parker Bowles, so the Blues and Royals is actually like the Queen's own household cavalry. So they're responsible for protecting the queen. So faith time. Okay. They definitely knew each other. Okay. And then uh, they had two children and they lived in a beautiful manor and a Georgian townhouse. Prince Charles is actually the godfather to one of her children. Now let's get into why that's creepy. Let's get to the juicy bits. Wait, Charles. Prince Charles. Now yes. Yes. Oh, okay. But yeah. Right. So let's get to the juicy bits. Let's go back to 1970. Camilla and her to-be husband, Andrew, were having an on-and-off-again relationship. Andrew and Camilla were separated, and he was dating Princess Anne, who was Prince Charles's sister. Camilla met Prince Charles at a friend's house in 1971, and they became fast friends. So the brother of the lady that her, like, soon-to-be husband was having an affair with, basically? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a whole, a whole okay. like, no, layers upon layers, right? So, yeah, so she... Can you draw me a web? <laughs> like, can you draw me... Can you give me one of those, there like... There may be um, some inbreeding going on here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> can you get me some string and some, like, pushpins? <laughs> right? So, when Camilla and Prince Charles met, Prince Charles was one of the most eligible bachelors in the world because he is the heir, you know, to the crown. Mm-hmm. And she supposedly said when they met, my great-grandmother was the mistress of your great-grandfather. So how about it? <laughs> what? That's a line if I've ever heard of it. So, so fun. I've, like, I've got to include this. They eventually started seeing each other and there were fixtures at polo matches and a bougie nightclub. And the relationship grew to the point that they even met each other's families and they had a tentative engagement. So Prince Charles and Camilla 
were like engaged to be engaged in the 1970s, which is crazy when you think about it. You gave her a promise, right? Right. Or like a promise diamond. Probably it's more like it. Or a promise mood ring <laughs> made of diamonds. <laughs> I think that's just your wish. The that's 70s. what you wish your your promise ring was. <laughs> yeah. Matt. I'm still waiting. <laughs> so in 1973, Prince Charles joined the Royal Navy overseas. What the heck? Did you hear that? What was that? Yeah. Was that like a door opening? Do you need to go check out the kids? No, my kids are playing with the remote control car outside the door. <laughs> Did it just hit the door? I guess. Oh. Okay, well, I'll keep going. Okay. <laughs> Okay. In 1973, Prince Charles joined the Royal Navy overseas and their relationship ended. There are many conspiracies why their relationship ended. Did the Queen Mother not approve of their relationship? Did the Lord Mountbatten get him sent overseas to end the engagement to Camilla to make way for his own granddaughter? Lord Mountbatten also believed in the bedded can't be wedded rule for women in royal marriages, which is like disgusting. It was like actually a very commonly known thing. Like, We'll get into it too, but like if you weren't a virgin, you weren't seen as fit to marry anyone of royal blood, even like recently. Yeah, no, it's actually crazy. The more boring there goes my dream of being a princess. (laughs) I mean, that flew out the window when I turned 17. So, (laughs) yeah, right. That that, uh, that flew out the window after a beer pong night at Beta Theta Pi in (laughs) college. I'm sorry. That's like the most amazing thing I've heard. Okay. I know, <laughs> the more right. boring vor- version is, is that Charles did not feel they had been together long enough for him to ask her to wait for him while he was serving overseas. And it was also well known that he did not want to be married yet. And Camilla was in her early 20s at this time. And Charles was a bit older. Many royal biographers say that if the couple did try to give approval for their marriage, they would have been denied because many people at court did not think that Camilla was a suitable wife of a future king. And you ready to be grossed out? I'm already grossed out. One man disgustingly said Camilla was disqualified on three counts. Her looks were not up to it. Her aristocratic, I can never say the word, aristocratic, aristocratic lineage was not up to it. And she was not a aristocratic. There you go. And she was not a virgin. So her looks, her lineage, and she wasn't a virgin. That's what disqualified her. That guy was just jealous because he still was a virgin. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Patricia Mountbatten, Charles's cousin, said later, With hindsight, you can say that Prince Charles should have married Camilla when he first had the chance. They were ideally suited. We know that now, but it wasn't possible. So Camilla and Prince Charles stayed very close friends. Their romance supposedly rekindled when she supported him through the assassination of his uncle, which is another thing I didn't know. Did you know that the Lord Mountbatten, which is Prince Charles's uncle, was assassinated by the IRA? Which is just like something else. I was just like, huh, that's really interesting. I really want to look into that. But then it was confirmed that in 1890, they were lovers again. Camilla's husband, Andrew, actually had many affairs. 1990. Sorry, I said 1890. Good Lord. Okay, let me start that You never know what's I never know what's true. Okay, it was confirmed that in 1980, they were lovers again. Camilla's husband, Andrew, actually had many affairs during their marriage. Yet he disapproved of her affair with Charles, even though he had a lot on the side. Oh, that's gross. Right? And so on July 29th, 1981, Prince Charles married Lady Diana Spencer in her beautiful, poofy, yet iconic wedding dress. And the fourth season of The Crown that they're releasing this November is actually introducing Princess Diana. So I'm super excited. Okay. I haven't watched 
the first three seasons, but the, I've watched the first two. The third one is where Camilla starts to come in, and I so I have yet to watch it. I actually really love the actress who's playing her because she actually is in the what's it called? Called the Midwife. So she's very talented. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So Charles supposedly gave Camilla a brooch with GF on it for Girl Friday shortly before his wedding. So they just are all sorts of entangled, even as they are getting into these. Uh, she, you know, Camilla's in another relationship. Prince Charles is marrying. So Charles married Diana. Yeah, but he's still keeping up with Camilla. Okay, I don't think I knew that he married Diana. I I don't. I can't keep them all. Yeah. No, okay. Prince Charles married. All right, I'm with yep. you. Okay, so then Diana was later quoted as saying, "Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded." Referring to Camilla, Prince Charles and Diana were never really known to show affection or love for each other outside the first few years of their marriage. They were really not compatible, and they had a 13-year age difference, which you know could be seen as a lot. And the press he actually, was older. yeah, he was older than her, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought it'd be funny nope. if she was like a cool. Right? Oh, it'd be awesome. But anyways, the press nicknamed them the Glums. Like gloomy glums. That's they nicknamed them. That's depressing. I know, but if you look at the photos like of them, that. they do look depressed, Em. I know. Well, he always he looks scary. Yeah. I'm scared every time I see him. <laughs> and so Diana <laughs> actually confronted Camilla about the affair in 1989 so after like eight years of marriage at Camilla's sister's birthday party so the the affair their affair so Prince Charles and Camilla's affair was actually pretty well known among their circles but it became public knowledge in 1992 when Diana exposed it to the author of her um, biography Diana her true story so it came out in this book, which I thought was really cool. Diana also had some extramarital affairs. We're not getting into that. I just wanted to acknowledge it. Diana and Charles' separation was formally announced in 1992, but then they were not officially divorced until 1996. Then there was the aptly named Camilla Gate tape scandal a year later, where the conversation between Camilla and Prince Charles from 1989 was secretly taped. And the transcripts were published in the tabloids, and I listened to it. And I said, I listened to the recorded conversation. It's actually kind of sweet and desperate, but it's really pretty sexual. So I was really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. So Camilla is like, you know, saying things how she can't start her week without him, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I fill up your tank. And she's like, yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) What? Gross. I fill up your tank. Nobody wants that. <laughs> oh, God. I like, I have a really good accent, though. Right? And, like, there's, like, this hilarious section where there are, like, some really raunchy jokes. Camilla is, like, saying how she needs him. And what context, we'll, we'll just leave that out for other people to decide. But he's, like. Yeah, we know. We know. Right? And he was, like, well, I might as well just come live in your knickers and she was like what if you come back as a pair of knickers and he's like or god forbid a tampax (laughs) i'm not joking it's for real (laughs) that is a really weird conversation i wouldn't be embarrassed about it coming out because of the fair about that line no one wants to come back as a right and like i i honestly never liked prince charles so much i was like this guy is a sense of humor like he's laughing i've never liked tampax (laughs) Right? Uh, Why would you choose that one? I mean, it was, like, it was like the late 80s. Maybe Tampax is like the only ones they had, you know? Maybe. Right? He would, he should come back as a Playtex sport. Right? Oh, <laughs> glide right Sponsored in. My Playtex. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
that's our next oh sponsor. We're going to reach out to I hope so. Them. I hope so. <laughs> and so uh, they're like, I'm not even going to like lie. There was like an, a section where they kept talking about like in and out and I got so squirmy. I had to skip it. So I don't blame I'm you. Like, I've like, I sat down and watched Linda Lovelace's porn and I got through it. I got through it deep throat and was like totally fine. And I couldn't get through Camilla and Prince Charles's conversation without feeling like so uncomfortable. <laughs> I think it's because it's like, it's like when you're trying to make unsexy, I don't know. Right. I know what you mean though. It's, it's yeah. It just made me so uncomfortable. And then during this time, I also think we need to acknowledge how incredibly destructive and horrible Diana and Charles's marriage was. There was no love lost there. It was, it's, it, we're not going to get too deep into it, but like, just to kind of give you a glimpse of how like toxic it was in 1993, Diana actually wrote to her butler that she believed that Prince Charles was in love with their son's nanny and that she was worried he was planning on having her killed wow. yeah like so there's writing so it's like i don't think we even realized that it was like so incredibly toxic and then also letting you know that yeah. camilla and her husband have been separated for a chunk of time at this point but then they didn't officially divorce until 1994 so two years before prince charles and diana officially got divorced and okay. then prince charles admitted to the affair in a television interview in 1994 but he said it only began in 1986 when his marriage was beyond repair, but people reported seeing them together as far back as like 1980, right before he got married to Princess Diana, you know? So, so they basically should have been married. They just couldn't. Cause yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Prince Charles's image because of these events suffered irreparable damage that still exists today. He's actually pretty extremely unpopular. Yeah. Right? I don't see, like I never see him in a good light and he always looks Grumpy. Right. And Prince Charles and Camilla became a couple in 1994, like an official couple. And she became his unofficial companion at events, like meaning she wasn't announced or anything. They actually had to hire specialists and a spin doctor. Right. <laughs> so they'd be like, Charles and Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> He, like, says it under his breath. Right? Uh, so they actually had to hire a spin doctor to help with their negative profiles. Uh, supposedly, Camilla was pelted with bread rolls at a market one day. <laughs> what? Yeah, I guess. I would just put them in my purse. It was, like, like newspaper headline was so funny. It was, like, Camilla bolt. Like, I don't even, can't even do the accent. Anyways, she was, bread rolls were thrown at her head in the market, in the supermarket. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know. I feel, I feel really bad. I know. Always some mistresses that are getting attacked, not the men. Exactly. And so I quote from Camilla's profile in The Guardian. People felt, how could an older woman, because remember, she was like 10 to 13 years older than Princess Diana, with no dress sense and bird's nest hair, have trounced the people's fairy tale princess? Who did she think she was? So again, like, it's just like, you know, ageism, how she looked. It looked yeah. Yeah. All of that. Diana died in 1997 in that horrible car crash while her driver was trying to flee the paparazzi. Diana, to this day, was is one of the most popular members of the royal family. She was known for her compassion, her charity work, her fashion, and her beauty. So we can really kind of, I don't know, you can kind of see how it almost seemed like Camilla could never win, even though she had been there since the beginning. And it's also said that right. Prince Charles could never fully cope with his wife's popularity. He had a really hard time with how, because remember, she was the people's princess. He had like an inferiority complex. Totally. I mean, she was absolutely amazing. I did like her a lot. 
So uh, Camilla and Charles made their first public appearance together in 1999, and there were hundreds of photographers there to document it. She was then received publicly by the queen and invited to sit behind the queen in the royal box during an important public celebration, which was seen as the queen finally giving the relationship her approval. Camilla moved in with Charles in 2003. They were living out of wedlock, which was also super unusual. We'll get into a little bit of like the divorce scandal. So in 2005, after much speculation and controversy, Camilla and Prince Charles married in a civil ceremony that the queen did not attend. Camilla was 57. The queen is actually the supreme governor of the Church of England, and the Church of England teaches that marriage is for life. So the couple could actually not get married in the church because the Church of England thought that their relationship like, you know, their adulterous relationship was the direct cause of the breakdown of their previous marriages. So oh, what, wow. So, yeah. I feel like that's common in the church of England. They like really don't like, well, like, and like what was, what divorce. was so crazy was like, there was special rulings made specifically for them. The church of England really had to like figure out what their stance on divorce was. Didn't they like figure that out with Henry the eighth? They hated I mean, it, they, and then he but, was like, well, I'm not going to divorce. Yeah, but you know what? They, they just annulled. They, like, sidestepped for him. Remember, they annulled relationships right. for him? But then, like, then he, that's when he broke with the church and created, Yeah, like, the Church of England. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Um, and then Camilla then became the Duchess of Cornwall, the second highest-ranking woman in, woman in England after the queen. So she went from mistress Whoa. to, you know— queen to be, which is kind of just wow. crazy to think about, but she really never cared about her Royal title. She's actually, she, she had, they actually had to teach her how to dress and be in the public eye. Cause that's not what she was about, but she's now known for her charity work. And one of my favorite charitable things that she does is that she began raising awareness and advocating for rape and sexual abuse victim, victims, which I thought was really cool. And she opened a center. That is really cool. She's a huge literary advocate among other things. One thing that I thought was so cute is during quarantine, the beginning of quarantine, she actually read James and the Giant Peach like on a live stream, which I thought was really cute because I love that book. <laughs> I like that. I kind of like right? her. Oh, I actually really like her now. So she vowed never to touch yeah. any royal duties, but she seems to be really good at it. And she actually has a really great relationship with uh, William and Harry and Prince Charles, if you look at him now, he like never has seemed happier. It's like every single photo with them, he's like smiling and like you just like you know this is the person who he was meant to be with. Oh, that's kind of right. Cute. I mean, it's like that they were like if they were anyone else, they would have just gotten married when they were like when they wanted to, you know, whatever when they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Camilla has had to work very hard to win the heart the hearts of the public. She was seen as the other woman for years and she has slowly won over her country's heart. And most recently she has just gotten a surge of new followers on social media platforms during this pandemic, because she's one of the very few, like her and Charles really tried to connect with the public during this pandemic, during this during the beginning of quarantine. And it's actually really cute because people are actually realizing that there's more to Camilla. There's like this third dimension. She's like sharing her favorite recipes and with her dogs. And, you know, it's just like, it's actually really, really cute. That's cute. I like that. She actually has become a favorite Royal family member for many people now. And, it's just crazy to think that one day this quote unquote other woman will be queen, you know, she's next in line. They're next yeah, in when, line. When queen Elizabeth, even I just, I don't, I can't even ever imagine her passing away, but when she does, Prince Charles will, is the heir apparent. 
So, right. And so Camilla was the unfortunate victim of a society marriage. You know, she, I don't know if there was a ton of love between her and Andrew. Um, She was a victim of royal pressure, political scandal, and honestly, a vicious press. Many people cheat. She just happened to do it with one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah. And I mean... It was cheating, but it was like they were, they vowed each other first. They, right? they loved there each other. They loved each other. Yeah. And I'm glad they're still together. Right? That kind of makes me. And they're yeah. just, they're just happy and she's got grandkids and he's got grandkids and they're just one big happy family. And yeah, yeah that, that's Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. And really quickly, my sources are When I Am King, Dilly Dilly by Ben Summerskill. And then it, the article, it is. It's the Duchess We All Know and Love, How Quarantine Introduced the Real Camilla to the World by Katie Nichol. And, of course, Wikipedia. But, Uh, yeah, and then I also watched some documentaries that I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, just how some the salaciousness that people present the royal family and just stuff like that. I was just like, eh. Oh, I know. And also, there are people like, like royal correspondents can talk, like, for, like, 20 minutes on one subject. And I'm just like, I'm done. I do really like how they interview, though, because, like, every interview I've seen by a British person is, like, just grilling someone. I'm, like, on duty and they ritual. Really and, yeah, yeah. So that was the mm-hmm. end of our first mini-sode. Good job. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast, Harlots of History. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and Podbean. Come see how cute we are on Instagram at Harlots of History. If you enjoy us like we enjoy you, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously. We release new episodes every Monday. And also, we are now releasing salacious minisodes every Thursday to help you get through your week. Next week, we will be talking about Linda Lovelace. No, Judith. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> our juiciest our juiciest topic yet. Woo. I don't know if the the world's not ready for my Linda Lovelace episode. (laughs) I don't think the world is ready for the Linda Lovelace episode. (laughs) All right. So this is Emily. this is Karamia taking back the word harlot. Wait, who does that? I didn't separate it. Don't I I, say it? And then. No, you didn't. You say, okay. okay. This is Emily. And this is (laughs) Karamia taking back the word harlot. One episode at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye.